Hey everybody, and welcome to the Mad Men recap. I'm I'm Paul. And this is John. That's the sexy voice, right, John? Are you using that's that the today? The John Ham voice. Well, actually, I didn't pack that because I'm coming at you live from San Diego. Sunny San Diego, California. That's right. Oh, that's exciting. What are you doing there? Working. 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 Medical stuff. You know. Nothing I would understand. Really, no. Fair enough. Uh, so we're back. We're doing season two, everybody. Don't worry. You heard us right. Uh, we're on episode two. It's called Flight One, John. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple things we learned. Uh, What's that? Number one, conti- uh, uh, I'm sorry. Kinsey's beard is continuing to even to make me itch. I can't stand it. Uh, Joan's a card-carrying racist. Well done. And uh, P- Pete Campbell can't cry. I believe that. He... Does not he does not have the ability because he does not have feelings. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. He's uh, <laughs> he's he's a dick. Uh. <laughs> the man's the man's father died in a fictional way, and that's all you have to say. Yeah, well, I mean, because he starts out that way. I mean, we start out with him and Trudy going to a party, and he's you know he's just a dick. He's like, hey, let's let's not go to the party. Why would you go to that party? Okay, so just to bring it up, guys, there's a there's a party at Kinsey's place, and it's out in New Jersey. And where was it in New Jersey? I can't believe I can't remember this. Oh, I thought you'd know. I didn't know where it was. No, they they mentioned where it was, um, and it's not close. It's not like he's in Jersey City or Hoboken. Um, he's he's a ways out. Okay. Um, so that's why, like, we, like uh, Kate and I were watching the episode together. Of course, still over the phone because she's in California. Um, and when they said where it was, I was like, there's no way the whole office would have went to that party. No way. Maybe he could have got a couple of the guys out, but nobody's going all the way from Manhattan to that party. Peggy, for sure, living in Brooklyn. Are you kidding me? Okay. Are you kidding me, John? I, I don't know the geography, my friend. Jeez. Anyway, so they're at Kinsey's party. He is, it's like, it's like as, it's, it's as if there's a, there's like a, there's like a douche magazine and he is posing for the uh, cover shot, John. What, what, for, for douche magazine? Yes. As if there was a, such a publication, he He, would be on the cover. I don't, he might have to uh, fight Henry Francis. With his, well, not at this time. (laughs) We have not, we have not met him and his superiority. Um, Kinsey is wearing uh, what what I would lovingly call a handkerchief uh, around his not neck. An, that's not an ascot. I don't. You know, I am not. Um, I'm not up on the men's fashion uh, in that way, John. That could be okay. an ascot. I, I, you know, should we anyway, go with ascot? How about a neckerchief? There you go. <laughs> he's wearing he's wearing his neckerchief. Oh, so slightly, so slightly on a tilt. Um, yeah. And and looking and looking less than dapper. Oh, he, he, he looks like a tool. Uh, this is where you know everybody kind of comes to this party, and we see different sides of their personality. Um, Kinsey has stolen a typewriter from Sterling Cooper, which was a, a, a good move, and had the audacity not even to cover it up before everybody came over. Yeah, pretty stupid. With with this with with this kind of gossiping, you would think you'd be um, you'd be kind of on the watch out. How exactly does one sneak that out? I'll tell you, John. I won't. I All have right. no idea how you would sneak a typewriter that large out. Fair I, enough. But, I guess you wait till the end of the day. Everybody's gone. You just take it. Oh, what, like the uh, the elevator operators? 
those guys aren't going to say on tell on you. I think they leave after you know they leave at the end of the day, and then you have to push oh, okay. your own buttons. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, fair enough. But you're right. We see a lot of different people. We see uh, we see we see Sal and his wife. Uh, we see Harry and his wife. Uh, we see uh, your buddy Ken Cosgrove trying to make it with the, uh, one of the ladies there. Ken Cosgrove, uh, apparently, and I didn't know this, that when you can't feel your cheeks, you should stop drinking. No, that, that was the, that's what the girl said. I know that's what the girl said. Uh, have you gotten to that point, John? Is that a medical condition? When you can't feel your when cheeks? When you can't feel your I have not had that happen yet, and let me tell you, I've done my share. Of? Drinking. All right. Uh, yes, it, it is. If you're if you're missing a certain enzyme, it does that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm kidding you. You <laughs> <laughs> um, you gotta realize you have you have the doctor power behind you, John. You have to use it for good. Well, only at the office. Fair enough. Um, you know, so so yeah, so we do see uh, him trying to to make the move, and and we see um, Peggy getting it on with the. Uh, uh, apparently Eugene. Was that the man's name? Yeah, and he's a friend of Kinsey's from college. Okay. So he can't be good. That's just true. This is true. Um, they are they're making out in the hallway, and uh, Peggy just leaves him uh, leaves him hanging. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Actually. That was pretty. That was pretty cool. I gotta say, she's pretty. T- she's a tough lady. Oh yeah, she, yeah. We've seen her get tough over the past year plus. It's um, impressive. And and back in the party, we see uh, Joan talking with Kinsey about her husband, and uh, Kinsey being being terribly douchey, talking about an ancient bottle of wine he has, and then introducing Joan to his girlfriend, uh, and also to us for the first time. Indeed, a woman named Sheila White, mm-hmm. uh, who happens to to not be white. She's a black <laughs> woman. This is true, John. This is true. Uh, we get to see Joan's true colors, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, she is a card-carrying racist and uh, uh, does her very best to, to talk down to uh, Miss White, who, oh, does, su- who does seem like a lovely girl. They make her extra lovely to make Joan look extra horrible. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Which is nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 you feel, because, you know, what, what she says later on uh, about Kinsey and, and how he's, you know, uh, just a poser, it's, it's true. It's completely true. But uh, there was no reason to, to treat this woman this way. It's not her fault that she's been duped into a Kinsey lie, as I call it. I agree. I agree. Um, and that's about it, right? Anything else from the party? I don't think so. I mean, uh, oh, no, you know, we do see, um, we do see uh, Crane and uh, his lady are back together. Yes. Uh, and, yes. Doing, and doing quite well indeed. Right, right. They're, well, except like there is a little tension, but they're back together. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, but uh, okay, very good. I do love that we see the next morning. There's a shot uh, of the next morning of uh, Peggy uh, passed out in her room. I mean, with a shot, the shot is like straight above her, which is really cool. Um, uh, she's passed out and hung over in her room. Not answering her phone. Yeah. Yeah, but it's funny how the phone is is drug in the room on, and it's just sitting on the floor. Right, right. I'm sure she. Uh, I'm sure she drunk dialed somebody. Who, who do you think she drunk dialed, John? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe that uh, dude with the uh, potato chip delivery business. Oh, that's just cold. 
The uh, the next scene is we see uh, Ron. I'm sorry, Ron. Who's Ron? We see Don and uh, and Roger. Oh, that's like a mixture of their two names. Uh, on the uh, on the elevator on their way into work, and uh, probably some of the best. Again, just awesome uh, Roger dialogue, John. Yeah, apparently he's unhappy that people are celebrating John Glenn. Indeed. Um, my favorite is when he walks in the office and everyone's huddled around one of the desks. And he says, don't you, don't, you just wish you, don't you just wish you could fire them all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, we, you know, we find out why they're huddled around. Because um, uh, an airplane, it turns out, had just, just then uh, crashed down into the bay just outside, just outside New York, right? Yep. And so everybody's upset. Um, they feel bad for people. I guess it was a full plane. And, um, American Airlines. American Airlines, and Don, you know Don's the voice of uh, calm in the storm, and says, you know, turn off, start answering the phones, pull all of our um, airline stuff out, and uh, let's you know, let's let's figure out how to get this uh, get this situation turned around from our standpoint. And it was no, it's great to uh, it's great to see Don really uh, take old situation. You got uh, you know he's he's aware there's a you, they've got. Mohawk, and they need to make sure that it's uh, going to be covered. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and it's right. weird because right after that situation, right after Don, you know, puts the the, the, the calm salve on the on the situation, uh, the jokes start. The bad jokes. The plaid joke is actually not funny at all. Uh, I think uh, Pete tells a joke that when the plane went down, um, the bay the bay turned plaid because they were all golfers. Yeah, no, not funny. Not funny, Pete. Well done. Uh, the next, uh, the next scene is, I think it's uh, it's Duck going into uh, Cooper's office. Am I right? Uh, uh, Roger and Coop. Uh, yeah, yeah. Duck comes into. Oh, that's right. That's right. This is how this is how all the the drama of the episode starts. Mm-hmm. Duck comes in. Roger and Cooper are in there, and and Duck says that he just talked to a buddy of his who works over. At American and uh, says that uh, you know his buddy, the guy named Shell Keneally, uh, says that they're going to make a quote fresh start, and everybody, you know, the Cooper's like, oh, interesting. It's kind of ridiculous. Like, it's like it just it just happened. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, exactly. There would be nobody on the phone talking to you about making a clean start um, when everything is just uh, falling apart, like in their laps. Right, they'd be dealing with other things that day. Exactly. But, uh, you know, and uh, you know, before we, we get to, to Pete, you know, because uh, Don, um, well, no, I guess we should go to Pete. Yeah, because then we, we, get, uh, we see Pete gets a phone call, and uh, it turns out Pete's dad was on that very plane that turned the Bay Plaid, John. Yeah, no, it, it, his dad passed away. Um, I guess he was going to go golfing. What I find a little little strange um, is why Pete goes and talks to Don. Yeah, I think they just want us to continue to see um, Don as this guy that uh, you know Pete. You know, Pete has kind of adopted Don as the father, his father figure. I think it's because Don can fix things. You know what I mean? Like Don will know what to do. Right. And I think that's what. And I think everybody in the office feels like that. There's a problem. Don knows what to do. Oh yeah, even, even this kind of thing. Don don't know what, and Don does. What does Don do? Closes the door, pours you a drink, and tells you what to do. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's funny. It's funny because uh, 
you know, because he lies to Pete. Because he says, you know, go home, be with your family. That's what people do. And, and Pete looks at him and says, is that what you would do? And Don says, yes, which is not true. Well, no, he would. Like, if, like when, when Peggy's dad dies, he does that. Wow. I'm sorry, Betty. Oh, my God. Are we, is this a drinking <laughs> game? I hope for the listeners, uh, every time I say uh, Peggy instead of Betty, you take a shot. No, no. They won't make it through the show. You won't, you don't, you won't even have, you <laughs> won't have a prayer, a prayer of making it through the show. jeez. Oh, you know, but like, I mean, when his, uh, when his brother died, he just sat in his office. Yeah, but he didn't know. I mean, it was it was weeks and weeks later. Yeah, but but when he found out, he just sat in his office. Different situation. I don't agree with your assessment. Fair enough. Okay, moving on. All right, and uh, and it's funny because like you know Pete's walking out, and they're still telling jokes about the flight. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Next thing we see is um, Duck and Roger and Cooper uh, all all in Cooper's office, and uh, they've called uh, Don in. And uh, that's when they tell them they're going to make the pitch to American and they need to dump Mohawk. Which, yeah, number, one, which number one, John, I don't understand. Because you wouldn't, I don't think you would necessarily have to dump Mohawk until you got the American business. I couldn't agree more. Because yes. it's not a conflict if you're not, if they're not paying you and this is a pitch, so you're not getting paid. Right. So there's no conflict there. You I don't agree. have to deal with that conflict once it happened. I couldn't agree more. So I think that's, a, that, to me, that's kind of a, that seems to be kind of a hole in the story here. Yeah, no, no I think one's gonna right. dump. No one's gonna dump a client until they until they have the business. It's like many people who don't quit a job until they've got another one. Exactly. Indeed. But that's how they're that's how they're playing it. That's how they're laying it out for the uh, viewer. And this is this is an incredibly risky move uh, on Duck's uh, part, mainly because as we see throughout the episode, uh, he's he's making this up in his mind. Really, I mean, yes, he has he has an in at American Airlines. But the, the, his in at American Airlines is abundantly clear that uh, they're, yeah, they're it's not, not like, listen, they're going to they're gonna go with a new agency, but they're not making any promises and they're not, you know, they're not sure about anything yet. And who would blame them? It's been like, like Don says, it's been three hours. Exactly. Don is really the voice of reason here. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you see how Roger got on board because he likes the excitement of it all. He doesn't really care. It's the right. excitement of the possibility of maybe getting American Airlines. Yeah. I don't and, know. It feels like this is just, again, a little bit of a forced way of creating tension between Duck and Don. It would certainly create tension. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a plot line. I don't know. It doesn't feel forced when you're watching it. You're right. You're right. It's but it certainly, is a, it certainly is a mechanism, as they say, uh, to, uh, to, to such a thing. Because they really have some verbal sparring. Yeah. You know, where, where Don's like, you know, oh, a foothold. Wow, I'd do anything for a foothold. Yeah. And Duck fires back with, uh, you know, I know what you thought. They would look at your creative and oh, come running yeah. to you. Not which cool, was kind Doc. of lame. I will punch you in your face. I know. I know. I will wait until we're outside. I'll take you behind the BP and I'll beat you to death. No kidding. Here we go. So moving on, we go to uh, Pete does end up going home. Uh, he's with, he's at his mother's house, which... Looks horrible. I mean, it's not a comfortable place, John. Right. Uh, right. So it's very sterile. Very, um, you know, uh, New England-y, um, yep. uncomfortable type Victorian living. Uh, Which is exactly what that woman would be living in. Exactly. I mean, perfect. Not for me. No, not for you. But for others. Right. 
Uh, uh, she's a little senile. Uh, well, she's distraught. She is distraught, but I believe she's also a little nutbag. She All tells right. uh, she tells Pete's wife. She asks Pete's wife what that pink elephant porcelain thing is doing there, and then just says, uh, "You should take that." So you know she's acting very. I think she's acting a bit strange. Yeah, and you know, and, and everybody's there trying to be comforting. Uh, you got Trudy and Pete, and then of course his brother Bud and his wife Judy. Uh, so all the Campbells. Now, as brothers that don't look anything alike, uh, I would like to applaud the creators for making Pete and his brother look nothing alike. Absolutely. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, his brother is off, gets off the phone with um, their their lawyer or their banker or somebody. Yeah, uh, yeah, somebody. And says that uh, they're broke. Yeah, Dad used up all of the funds from everywhere. For doing what though? They and they 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 couldn't. They didn't really tell you doing what, and they didn't really know. No, they did tell you doing what. What was the check? Uh, they asked if it was another woman, and the guy that he talked to uh, actually said no, it wasn't. He used all the money for uh, oysters, travel, and clubs. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but all right. Was that hinting at something else, or no? That he just he was a spendthrift. He just uh. enjoyed doing stuff. Um, and, and he was spending money even though he wasn't making any. That's how you do it. That's how you go broke. Uh, so the next thing we got, we got Don coming home. Um, it's the evening time. He looks tired. And uh, Betty's putting together a little, uh, some preserves maybe and some coffee. Uh, because their friends are coming over to play some cards, John. Your favorite. Your favorite character. Carlton? Well, Carlton and his lovely wife. Oh, Francine, yes. Francine, buddy. Uh, my favorite part about this whole thing is Carlton looks like he's put on literally 50 pounds. Oh, yeah. No, it's he's unbelievable. Huge. His face looks so swollen. It looks like he got stung by like eight bees that he's deathly allergic to before he got over there. Probably. I'd hope so. You like how Don has uh, Sally going to bartending school? Sally's been making drinks uh, quite a bit lately. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I like it because Sally knows how to make him heavy. Sally's not going to short you. <laughs> it's all it's it's, it's all, right. You'll it's never all have booze. to ask for some liquor when she. It's all booze from bartender Sally. <laughs> yeah, we find out Carlton's still a still an ass. Yeah, not so much an ass as he is. He is. He's bringing home the dirty old man thing uh, as well as he can. Uh, he starts talking a little bit about uh, their new babysitter. Uh, She's 18, John. In high school. Uh, barely legal, as they say. Uh, Don is asking him to please stop. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> this, this conversation can't end well. Um, really don't want to hear it. And uh, I don't blame him. Uh, it's funny how Don doesn't really have uh, guy friends, you know? Well, I mean, I don't know why that he doesn't have friends. He doesn't have friends. It's a bit strange. No, it's not. He's living a lie. He can't have friends. You can have friends. Anyways. Um, Next thing you know, we see uh, Peggy bringing a vacuum cleaner over to uh, her mother's house that she's apparently borrowed. Yeah, this is the first time we meet uh, Peggy's family. Is it? Is it? Yeah. All right. Her older sister and her mother. Yeah. Um, living in Brooklyn. Uh, uh-huh. Very nice. We're actually, I, I, I suppose this is her, or this is her sister's house. Uh, I'm going to guess it's her mother's house. Oh, okay. 
And the later, oh, anyway, okay, so we got the mother's house. Little or maybe they both live. Actually, they might both live there. She asked her to please go to church, right? Yeah. Peggy says it doesn't mean the same to me as it does to you. Yep. And it's just it's one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know her sister hits her with a little bit of a, a zinger because um, you know. Oh, this was a real zinger. Oh yeah, yeah, because you know Peggy's like, look, I'm, you know, I'm 22 years old. I'm an adult. I I, I can make my own decisions. I'm not going to go to church and. The sister's like, oh, really? Well, the uh, the state of New York and the doctors didn't think you could make your own decisions. No. Uh, you know, because apparently that's... Uh, although I don't think Peggy wanted the kid anyways. You know what I mean? I, I don't... You know, the, it seemed weird to me. No, I don't think I, Peggy yeah. wanted to take it home, so... You think she was just acting... Uh, the fool? Yeah, just pretending right. to be completely... Out to of get it. off the hook? Maybe. Maybe. My, my thing is, uh, why not? But, but you know, because now her sister has to take care of the baby. So that's why I don't understand. Like, why not just send it up for adoption? Who knows? I, you know, I would guess from like, uh, you know, a family like that, that they'd probably rather see the child stay in the family. Yeah. Yeah. That's from what our, we're saying. From the, yeah. So. Uh, and uh, Peggy's still dressing like a eighth grade girl, which is, uh, which is a little disappointing, but. Uh, Got to grow up someday, John. All right. Fair enough. Uh, next scene, we're back at we're back at the Draper household, and uh, we're drinking and playing cards, drinking heavily and playing cards. And this uh, starts a storyline that goes on for I think a few episodes. Is uh, Don's uh, reluctancy to um, discipline little crazy Bobby Draper uh, effectively in in, uh, in Betty's eyes? Exactly in Betty's eyes. Yeah, that's, that's the point. She wants some spanking and some slapping. Yeah. That sounds weird. And, uh, and uh, Don's just like, man, I don't know. He doesn't see it as big of a deal. I mean, yeah. she tells the story about the, uh, the George Washington picture and how Bobby traced it. And, and Don's response is, my whole office runs on tracing paper. Exactly. His whole heart department runs funny. on tracing paper. Yeah. But that's not it, John. He took credit for it. Okay? He took credit. Right. He took the credit, my friend. And that deserves a beating. Um, uh, yeah, so, so we're back at, uh, then we flash back. We, see, going scene by scene like this, we so much flashing, John. I'm confused. I know, I know. We, we'll, we'll have to tinker around with this maybe and uh, just do some scenes at a time. Because then we're back, uh, we're back with Peggy. Um, just for a minute. At her mom's house. And uh, actually, uh, this, I believe this was, uh, this is where we really learn, we really see that uh, the baby is still in the family because um, her, as she's leaving, her sister says, don't you want to say goodnight, even? And uh, Peggy's like, well, I, don't, I don't know. And she opens the door and she just kind of looks at it and almost like she can't believe it exists. Right, right. You know, it's like, what? Yeah, no, she's, she's really blocked the whole thing. I would too, man. That's a rapey Pete Campbell baby. <laughs> Nobody oh, wants boy. that, John. Nobody wants that. I know. I mean, just think that's going to be that. That's going to be coming out. That'll be part of season four. Oh man! So that'll be need, a big I drama. Need, I don't even know if I can handle that. I know, because uh, that's going to like ruin Trudy and oh man, big news. Oh jeez. Um, anyways, sorry, sorry. Off topic. Back to season two. Back to the house after the uh, after the <laughs> Francine and the Carlton uh, waddle out. Uh, they're clean. They're clean it up, and uh, you know, Don makes just an off-the-cuff comment that he doesn't think Carlton's necessarily happy, and 
Betty launches into like a, a little mini fit, and uh, you know Don Don's like, "Look, knock it off. I'm not gonna fight with you. Yeah, I have no interest in fighting. Tell me what to say." And and that doesn't actually help either. And I think we know what the problem is here. Uh, Betty is still really concerned that she's well. He she knows that he's cheating on her, and it's just you know it's just that whole kind of thing. It's building up to an issue. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's pretty pretty transparent. And, and I think Don, um, it was interesting, they do a quick scene where Don pokes his head into the kids' room, and Bobby has actually gone over to Sally's bed to go to sleep. Because he was and, scared of the monster, John. Exactly, but I don't think, uh, you know, uh, Betty doesn't have any any empathy for that. You know, she, um, you know, Don was trying to, you know, be the good guy and, and try and console, and, and Betty's like, you know, there's no monster, go up. So. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, we then we then uh, go to quite a strange scene uh, with uh, Rapey Pete and his lovely wife, uh, where he's talking about. And Pete loves to do this. Pete is overly introspective, or I don't know what his problem is, but it's just it's almost to the point where it's annoying. Uh, last season we had that whole thing where he wants to kill an animal and eat it, and, and I, I mean, I'm I'm getting tired of it. Okay, staring off in the distance, coming up with all this stuff. Yeah, the 300-yard the stare is kind of weird. I'm tired of it, Pete. Pete, get over yourself, all right? Now, listen, I know he's had a traumatic experience, and I should be a little more sensitive, John, but I'm not. It's hard to be sensitive to Rapey Pete Campbell. Rapey Pete Campbell. Anyway, so he's talking about the last time he saw his dad, and they were fighting about uh, dogs. Yeah, French build dogs or Boston Terriers, which was which. And he was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he was. And that was really, that was, I mean, it was kind of funny because Trudy was like, um... Nope, that's a French Terrier. I don't know. It was, uh... Yeah, yeah. It was good. Anyway, I don't don't think we need to spend much time on that. Yeah, Um, no. Because after that, John, is probably the best best scene of the episode. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. This is, uh... This is another nail somebody to the wall. And if there's anybody you like to see get nailed to the wall, it's Itchy Beard Kinsey. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done it more often. I would, I, 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 I would enjoy it. I was trying to think of how much I would enjoy it, but I couldn't come up with a quantified way of expressing it. Um, a lot. Kinsey, <laughs> Kinsey uh, comes up to Joan in the office and is just kind of like, "So what went down with you and my girlfriend?" Yeah, yeah, because he he knew you know she was upset and, and figured something bad. Because actually, he doesn't come up to her. She comes up to him and is like, you know, is there a problem? He's like, if you can't tell, after three days, I'm avoiding you. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, you know, he, you know, she, uh, she kind of uh, comes off that, you know, that uh, how how interesting can you know this little girl from the uh, farmer's market be? And uh, well, I mean, really, what she does is what we were talking about a little earlier is that she totally just calls him on it. Like, listen, man, you're not really interested in her. You're interested in looking interesting because you're dating someone who's African-American right now. Like, that's uh, all you're doing. Like, leave her alone. Well, yeah, and, he, and he, she names off the pipe and the beard and, you know, oh, all of it's that. it's ridiculous. And I love how she ends and she goes, go ahead. Which part was wrong? Oh, I know it. Oh, it's just, it's a bruiser. It is just, it's killer. I recommend everyone watching this episode or this part of the episode. You could just fast forward to it. It's at the 322 Eight minute mark. Woo! It's lovely. It'll make you feel good. 
You know what? It's so funny. I mean, obviously, there's there's no uh, there's there's no excuse for um, for how Jane treated the girl because, like we talked about before. Wait, 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 Jane. Um, uh, it's been a long day. This is where we tell everybody that you're training for a triathlon, and I'm hungover, and you're hungover. So, <laughs> so forgive, forgive. It's really hot in this room right now, too. Can, can we put that on there? <laughs> Oh, so Joan, yes, it's, uh, and I've lost completely my train of thought. It, well, it doesn't excuse Joan. Well, it doesn't excuse action. Joan playing the ra- being uh, a card carrying racist. Um, but at because you know it's not it's not it's not Ms. White's fault, right? Um, but at the same time, she really lays it down on Kinsey, and you've got to appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, it was great. It was you're right. That is probably the best scene of the show. So we go from that scene being awesome to um, this next scene just being wholly uncomfortable. Um, Doug yeah, Phillips really uh, comes in and um, I, I don't know why you would do this. Asks Pete and knows that Pete's father uh, died on the American Airlines crash. This is a- why he, that's why he did it. Because of that. Oh, you it think was- he's looking for, see now, now see, and, 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 and. We just we're going to play this whole thing together. So this isn't complicated. He asks Pete to be lead on the project with him from account side for Pete's American like, for American for, yeah for this American Airlines pitch. Um, Pete's like I don't know I'm kind of uncomfortable with that. He's like oh I understand I didn't know if this was I shouldn't have asked or not. And I'm thinking it was just Duck being stupid. But you're saying that you think it was Duck thinking that that would be a good card to play. Oh my gosh yes having like. Having somebody personally affected by that who would be able to use those emotions in the meetings, you know, I mean, they would have, American would have somebody in their meetings, you know, that had gone through this. Now, see, to me, that was a, that was, yeah, so I understand what you're saying, but I think that that would backfire on him. Because later, uh, when uh, Campbell does decide to join um, Duck, um, when when they're um, out to dinner with one of the American Airlines gentlemen, um, and he comes and he says, my dad was on that flight. I think it spooks him. No, no, I disagree. I think it worked the way Doug, Duck wanted it to work. Um, I just don't think that this was ever going to be an account they were going to land. I, well, no, obviously, by how it went down, they were never going to land this account. But I don't think so. I think I think Don was right because, you know, when they go in, because, you know, at, at the end they have to... Wait, is that in this episode where they go in on Saturday? Oh, it's no, not. man, no. All right, no. well, in the next episode. Anyway, I'm, I don't care. <laughs> Get out of my way. Uh, uh, it, it's when Don says um, in the next episode, and I don't care that uh, you know, it's not about, it's not about American Airlines right now. This crash never happened. We need to look at it as uh, 1963. What does the future look? What does next year look like? And that's completely right. Having somebody in the room that is uh, uh, representing, uh, you know, what went wrong with the company in this in this case mm-hmm. is not a good thing. Okay. I don't. I mean this this is a this is a situation. Uh, you know, you're not trying to ignore it, and you're not trying to um, you know say it didn't happen, but you're also not trying to dwell on it. We don't want to talk about this. Right. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I think you're right, man. That's that's like that's two or three episodes down the road. My I, gosh. Is, is this it? I mean, I know we shared the show, John, but it's our show. Yeah. 
let's do it how we want to do it. All right. All right, man. <laughs> so, so I'm on board. No, I, but I, I agree. I think the whole scene was awkward. I mean, it was shot with the blinds closed, so it was a dark room. You know, he, he was trying to like say, "Oh, I bet your dad's proud of you," even though they don't always show it. Even though he obviously wasn't proud of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it it was it was just a weird scene. Um, and I think, and, and, and you know, the, the, it does kind of throw Pete off the tracks a little bit, and he's having a tough time. And as soon as, as Duck leaves, um, he goes to... Uh, I think a big thing, though, is that Duck, Duck throws out a couple of really nice, thick compliments. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, you're, you're ambitious. Most of the time, you know what you're doing. You know, he really kind of let him hear what he wants to, what everybody wants to hear. Uh, you know, that he's, that he's a good worker. He do, does a good job. So then, this this would really be uh, where where Pete uh, jumps off the John, Don Draper destroyer and on to the Duck Phillips dinghy, because the what the Don the Duck Phillips dinghy as I call oh, it oh dinghy yes okay uh, because um, <laughs> Pete goes to talk to Don probably to tell him you know like you know just get some advice from him and Don's having a bad day and he's like what do you want Campbell. And Campbell's like, I uh, just, uh, in the saddest way possible, uh, I don't, I don't know, I just, I just want to, I, I just want to talk. And he's like, I'm busy right now, Campbell. No, no, but, uh, but we missed something. What do we miss? Because here, here's the reason that, that Don, Don has a good reason for being short. Mm-hmm. Because before Pete gets into Don's office, Don was visited by Roger, who says, you got to cut Mohawk. Oh yeah, 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 right. You know, and so, you know, and we'll see in a minute why one of the reasons why that would make Don so pissed off, um, outside of the fact that he had fought for Mohawk in that earlier meeting, mm-hmm. that they like just like he said, they're a good client, they pay their bills on time. Um, you know, it, it, it's a it's a really he's he's really ticked off that this is happening with uh, a client that he's worked well with, and and it just happens that that coincides with, like you said, Pete coming in to talk to him and ask for some advice or something like that and gets, uh, you know, gets really kind of snapped at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, I agree. I think that's when he kind of walks off and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to stay with the guy that thinks I'm good. That I'm worth something that's not going to snap at me. Um, so we go straight from there to, uh, well, we, we see that someone snatches J- uh, Joan's purse. A man's hand. A man's hand, John. And I think we but we have no idea what man it could have yeah, been. Yeah, they looked. They looked like they might have been doing some face itching earlier in the day. Are you? Are you saying they were sausage digits? <laughs> I am. All right. Um, namely, of our favorite sausage dish, uh Kinsey. <laughs> I can't. Um, steals her. Steals her bag, uh, only to get her uh, driver's license out of it to us. Uh, Photocopy and circle her date of birth, John. Yeah, she's a she's a February baby. Fair enough. Uh, not only does it have her weight and her height and her hair color, but it has how old she is, John. And a lady never tells. All right. <laughs> so uh, that what 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 does that put jo- uh, Joan? How old? In her exactly 30s. thirty. Exactly. Oh, exactly thirty. Yep. Well, that's not so bad. But I guess I mean in those days. You're a single lady in your 30s. And I mean, and she just turned 30. I mean, it is, you know, because the first episode of the year was, was Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And her, her birthday is uh, February 24th, so 10 days after the first episode. So, so she just turned. Um, and 
I'm just saying, I, I would I, if, if I had been in the office and saw this, I would have brought her a cat the next day. A cat? A cat. She's an old maid. We're just going to... Oh, oh. I'm sorry. hey oh. That's right. I'm here all week, ladies and gentlemen. Hip your weight, staff. Uh, she she th throws out a little tirade to Peggy. Peggy yeah. just kind of takes it. <laughs> well, Peggy, I think, is loving it, actually. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, I heard Joan have kind of a, a strange relationship. You do. Uh, and I think that uh, 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 Peggy does not fail to see the humor in the situation. No, no, I, I, Peggy sees the humor, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's funny. The next, the next scene, uh, we see Don in this um, Asian restaurant, um, waiting and then meeting uh, the president of the Mohawk Airlines, Henry. Henry, who? No last name, just Henry. Fair enough. Um, and this yeah. is this is a, a quite a cutting exchange um, because um, Henry knows what's happening, um, and he says something to the effect, and maybe you wrote this down. I did. Well, then say it. Okay. Um, he's like, you know, uh, Don, I remember when you uh, signed on, you said Sterling Cooper is Don Draper. That uh, you didn't need a big airline. You were going to make us a big airline. And, uh, you know, Don, Don, you know, you feel tick Because Don could have gone into the whole, look, it's not my call. It's not my thing. But he just made it very concise. He's like, I'm sorry. You know. Well, he did say it wasn't his decision. It was out of his control. Right, right. I mean, but you know, he could have he could have gone into how he had fought for them and that kind of thing. Well, but at that point, that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, what's happening? Happening? Like, you 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 can make all the excuses you want, but you just look like you're making excuses. Yeah, you're right. You're you right. Know. But it, but I mean, the, you know, the that's fact not is something that, Don would do. No, no. But you know, the fact is, is like with that statement, uh, you know, Sterling Cooper is Don Draper. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people would would want to you know let these let Mohawk Airlines know. Look, look. You know, I. That is the fact. I I agree with you. I want to keep you, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he doesn't. Uh, you're right. It would just come across as more excuse. Yeah. And uh, and then so Henry stands up and says, "He's like, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but you fooled me." I know. Oh. Walks off. Oh man. Oh man, that was harsh. That was tough, man. I mean, because the thing is, is like uh, when you look at it, it's really Don doesn't want to just be. Uh, he doesn't just want to be selling lies here. You know what I mean? Like, if he, it, when, when he tells Mohawk that he wants to make them into a big airline, that was his plan. Well, you figure this is the only part in his world where he has integrity. Yeah. You know, he lies to, uh, I mean, even there, he's still lying about his life. Mm -hmm. But his work is his, his area of integrity. He lies to his wife all the time. You know, he cheats on her all the time. Uh, but his work, his work is his one, um, one realm of integrity. I like that observation. And, and it's been violated here with this, with that line. Indeed. Indeed. Um, um the next scene is what we'd have already discussed about, uh, Pete, uh, joining in and, uh, talking to the American Airlines representative who makes it very clear, again, very clear. Inescapably. In, 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 in. Escapably <laughs> clear that, that that you know we're not listen. I don't know if we're gonna do this. So it's uh it's pretty uh it's pretty unfortunate. Uh, then we have my second favorite part of the episode, John. 
Okay. Um, Don Draper uh, cannot cannot go anywhere. You know what I mean? He can't go anywhere or do anything without ladies throwing themselves at him. Oh, yeah. It's like fish in a barrel, my friend. Fish in a barrel. How's the fish? He's, uh, he's just sitting there having a drink, minding his own business, John. When a young, a lovely, okay, lovely young lady comes over and, um, in no uncertain terms, makes a pass. Am okay. Right? No, Am you're right? right. You're absolutely right. Beautiful young woman. Um, you know, it's not her table. She even says that. Oh, man. But I've seen you sitting here. Can I get you anything? Uh, I get off in a little bit and can come back over. It's a tough life. It's a tough life, Don. And he, he passes. He does. Yeah. Uh, not tonight. I think this is this is the second time now that Don has passed on a lady. The you know, restraint uh, that man shows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think he's like what two and eight. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not doing so good. Uh, but we end the episode then with um, with Peggy uh, going to church. Yeah, yeah. I think she. Um, I'm sure she probably heard through the grapevine about uh, Pete's dad passing and. Uh, that might have uh, spurned on a little, little something as far as like time with family, mm-hmm. and uh, she Although heads she, in. She does have to hold the baby because when they get up to go to communion, um, you know they can't. Her sister can't take the baby, and Peggy's not going, uh, so she has to hold uh, her own child. Who starts screaming as soon as she holds him, and she's not happy about it. Oh, it was a great shot. I mean, it, it, was, is, it is. It the is. The last shot is really, uh, really good. Really great. But, uh, but yeah, another great episode, John. Very good. Uh, John had a question, uh, listeners, about uh, the ending uh, song in this episode. And I have tried my best to spot it in the credits, and I don't see it. So, if you have... Yeah, my, my, my question was, and um, if you listen to that, the music that's behind uh, when the, the waitress is walking over to Don, it's, a, it's kind of an Asian-sounding song. And it was it was from the '60s, and then sometime in the '90s it was rewritten in English and was a, kind of a pseudo hit at the time. And I uh, I just did not get an opportunity to track that down. So if anybody knows uh, what that song was and, and what the uh, the title or titles are, I'd be really interested to know. I know the song. I'm listening to it right now. Yeah, no, I I, I, I think that was originally an American song, John. Yeah, well, you're right, but it was still in Japanese. Yes, they played, they played it. Yes, they played it in. Uh, you know that it's still written in a foreign language as far as the the lyrics. Right. And then it's it's it was re- rewritten with English words in uh, in the nineties. So. I believe it was originally an English song, though, John. Oh, and then you think they? And so then you that, think it was yeah. an English song that then they took? I think it was a hit at the time that yeah. Then they took and translated, and it was just being played. That it was just a version. In the sixties. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm gonna stand by that. <laughs> okay. Listeners, help us. We're obviously stupid. Yeah, uh, any help would be great. Give us your brains. Now we do have a couple of uh, shout-outs to give to. Uh, I guess, can we start calling this the mailbag? The Madman mailbag? Uh-oh. Let's do some crazy radio jingle. No. No. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's open up the mailbag, John. All right. <laughs> what do we um, 
we got, and I think you're going to throw this one out on uh, on the internet, the Intertron. Another another piece of artwork. We're up to a half dozen. Hey, oh. Uh, generator art. Uh, Pete Campbell seems to uh, be the most popular, having been involved of four of the six. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Lexi says she loves the podcast, gives us a nice, uh, interesting drawing mm-hmm. of, uh, of Pete. Uh, so thank you, Lexi. It says, Pete Campbell, watch out, ladies. He'll rape you. <laughs> we know this. Tr- we know this to be true. Hey, you can't dispute the truth, John. That's right. That's no. right. Uh, we got Deb from Chicago. Likes the podcast. Uh, just using it as a way to get through to the much-anticipated season four, as are all of us. Indeed. Uh, that should be a fantastic debut. Thank we you got, for the kind words, Deb. We got uh, we got Liz, our first mailer from Iowa. Uh, Liz is Liz is not only likes the show, but wonders why Elizabeth Moss, who plays Peggy, mm. is whoring herself out on the commercial circuit. Why? There, uh, I think her name is Libby, John. Oh, but then she she signs Liz. Yes. Okay, sorry. That's all right. Okay. Uh, and and Liz also agrees that I sound like John Hamm, like one of our earlier writers. I would like to read this, John. It says at the bottom of the mail, P.S. Doctor John totally sounds like John Hamm, which is uh, which is super sexy on the podcast. Sorry, Paul. Wah, wah. All right, listen. I know. I maybe I don't have a sexy voice. But John does not. I'm sorry, John. You don't sound like John. You do not sound like. Now that's not disputing that you don't have a sexy voice. Okay. That's true. Those it's are not. Separate. It's actually not hot in this room. It's just listening to your voice. Right. A mecha miss what? You are not alone on that one. A mecha miss what? All right, fine. <laughs> but uh, to, to her to her point, um, and I did look this up that uh, the actress of Peggy Elizabeth Moss actually filmed commercials for both Excedrin and Secret. Back in 0506, so before she even became um, Peggy on the show, even before Mad Men existed, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, especially Excedrin has re-released these commercials recently, just because she's a little bit more of a face now. Sure. So, so I don't think I don't think she's diving around for supplemental income to Mad Men. Uh, never know, man. Um, and we got a we got a, a repeat email. We got Tony who writes again. Thank you. That. Um, he was he was looking around on the internet and found a podcast with John Hamm, as well as Paul Tompkins and Tom Sharpling. Uh, it's called I Love Movies at Blip.tv, and I listened to that right before our show. It's pretty funny. It's a comedy will... podcast. Oh, it's a comedy podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's yeah, it's yeah. funny. Um, I I also listened to a podcast that John Hamm was on, and I didn't recommend it on the show, and I'm sorry. It's called The Nerdist Podcast. No, it's not about technology and nerd stuff, people. It's actually a comedy podcast. Also, it's done by that guy that uh, used to do Singled Out on MTV all those years ago. Oh boy, Chris Chris Hardwick. Okay. Yes, uh, and it's a great show. It's a great podcast if you like comedy, like I do. You'll enjoy uh, the people they have on. They talk about comedy, and they're usually pretty funny. Um, they've had guys like, uh, I don't know if you know the guy from The Soup, John. Oh, yeah. Joel sure. McHale. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've had a guy that does the Hot Pocket. Oh, that guy's hysterical. Yes. Um, uh, Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. And, and many others. Uh, so it's a great podcast. You might want to look it up. Uh, it's called The Nerdist Podcast. Very good. Very and, good. And uh, I also see, John, that uh, Luck- the Lucky Strike podcast uh, is now following the Mad Men recap. So uh, I'm guessing that's a Mad Men podcast. I would hope so. I haven't listened to it, but thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, we'll take a we'll take a listen uh, in between now and next time. We will. We will. Is that it, John? One more. Uh oh. One more, and this one uh, again, another write-in 
from our buddy Bruce down in South America, wow. Peru. Uh, he wrote in earlier to say he liked the show, and he writes back in saying that he has, in fact, had a pod, I'm sorry, a, uh, a personal brush with Mad Men. What? Uh, yeah, I know, I know. He, st- he shares a story that a former, uh, a former housemate of his is the uh, son um, of the, the actor Ray Cutrona. Mm-hmm. You know who that is? I do. I'm sorry, it's Ryan, not Ray. Ryan Cutrona. And that is who? Drum roll. <laughs> the actor that plays Grandpa Gene. Grandpa Gene! Grandpa Gene. Hey! Uh, so that was a great story. It was really, really neat to hear that. And if anybody else has had uh, direct or indirect uh, experiences with the Mad Men cast and crew, please let us know. That was really a fun story. Well, I'm going to get mine out of the way. I have had none. Yeah, we knew. <laughs> but maybe, I think, uh, I, I think um, Elizabeth Moss uh, lives here in the city, so I could run into her at any moment. All right. Any moment, Jack. At any, any moment. She could be walking past the apartment right now. But, uh, but that's it. All right. Well, another great show, John. Yeah, that one went really well. It was a lot of fun. Well, a little bit, a little bit speedier than usual, and I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. So, listen, uh, we'll keep them coming. Uh, listen, uh, we have not been flooded with phone calls uh, as I had hoped. What are um, we up to? We're up. To, we're still up to the one. Thank you, Jack. <laughs> uh, well, I just keep re-listening to that over and over. That was great. Is that weird? No. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Last minute. Yes. Uh, so yeah, uh, give us a call and let you let us know how the uh, show is going and keep the uh, emails coming. We love it. Um, it's that's staff at madmenrecap.com. And of course, you can visit the site at madmenrecap.com. So. And check out uh, the, the, phone, the phone widget at the bottom of each post. And I will link all the links we talked about here at the end of the show. And we can't wait to have you listen to us again later. All right, man. Goodbye, John. Bye-bye. Bye.